Hey everyone, you're listening to the brand new Artist Chronicles podcast from the Institute for Arts Integration and STEAM, and this is episode one. Each week, we will highlight an artist. It could be a visual artist, a dancer, an actor or actress, or even a singer. But we aren't going to tell you their name. Throughout the podcast, it's your job to listen and try to figure out who we are talking about. I'm your host, Antoinette, also known as Tony, and I'm excited to be with you today. So, are you ready? Then let's go. Our story begins at a hospital in Walton-on-Thames in Surrey, England, in October 1935. As we begin, we notice a hard-working teacher at a local school. He taught things like carving, ceramics, beading, and sculpturing. He was married to a beautiful woman who was a pianist, gave lessons, and performed to help bring in more money to the household. Both of them had a beautiful little pixie of a girl with light hair and image smile and who loved being outside. Unfortunately, the little girl didn't see her mother much because she was out of the house performing much of the time. The good news is that the little girl didn't mind because it meant that she got to spend more time with her father. She loved to go on nature walks with him, but her favorite way to spend time with him was when he would read to her. In 1939, her mother took a job as a pianist for a variety show and met a vaudeville musician. Later that year, her mother and the musician went to France to entertain the troops fighting there in World War II. The little girl was devastated when her mother and father grew apart and divorced, and her mother fell in love with the vaudeville musician. A few years later, her mom married the musician. In an effort to strengthen his relationship with his new stepdaughter, the musician began to give her singing lessons. He was shocked to discover that this new child in his life had a fully developed larynx, a four-octave vocal range, and perfect pitch. Before long, her mother and stepfather included her as part of their stage act and decided to change her last name to that of her stepfather. And even though her parents struggled financially, she began to take voice lessons from a well-known musician who used to teach her stepfather. The two became very close, and the young girl surprised everyone when she accomplished the near-perfect diction. <laughs> Is this the first time you've ever made a gramophone record? Oh, yes. Is it your first record, too? <laughs> no, no, not exactly, no. How old are you? I am 12. How old are you? Uh, <clears throat> um, I think I'd better ask the questions. What are you going to sing for us? I'd like to sing the Polonaise from Munich. Oh, lovely. Just the kind of junk I like. During school holidays, the young girl continued to tour England with her mother and stepfather. She even helped to raise her younger siblings, John, Celia, Donald, and Chris. She was able to visit her father on weekends and holidays, and the time spent with him were some of her favorite during her youth. In interviews later in her life, she would say that 
He treated me and my siblings as his beloved companions, never dismissing or talking down to us. When she was 11 years old, this talented young girl had her first big break. She sang for Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother at London Stage Door Canteen. Two years later, she sang again for Queen Elizabeth once again, but this time the Queen brought her husband, King George VI, along. Though she was only 13 years old, she sang a beautiful rendition of God Save the King. Shortly after, she made her radio debut and was cast in a play called Starlight Ruth. MGM Studios in Hollywood, California gave her a screen test but did not offer to sign her, saying that she was unfilmable. Well, that did not sit well with our friend, and she pushed on, making her debut in a BBC show called Radio Olympia Showtime. She also continued to tour all over Great Britain, appearing in music halls and pantomimes. On the evening before her 19th birthday, she made her Broadway debut in the musical The Boyfriend. For this role, she received the Theatre World Award and her success and accolades for this musical brought her notoriety in the theatre world. Before long, the American producers bought the rights to the show to open it on Broadway and our talented young star was offered the lead role. She agreed to a one-year contract. The show was a success and was the official launch of this young woman's career into stardom. Because of her success in The Boyfriend, the producers of My Fair Lady cast her as the starring role of Eliza Doolittle. In an interview, this young lead claims that My Fair Lady was an endurance test and three and a half years of just shattering your vocal cords together. But that didn't stop her. She took on the challenge, excelled and My Fair Lady was a smash hit earning her a Tony Award nomination, Broadway's highest honor. When a film adaptation of My Fair Lady was announced, it seemed a natural progression for her to step into the same role for the movie. So it was a shock to all when Warner Brothers Studios head Jack Warner announced that Audrey Hepburn would take on the film's version of Eliza. However, in classic style, this amazing woman issued a statement saying that she never expected the role and that she completely understood the choice of Hepburn. Instead, she went on to star in another Broadway musical, Camelot. Throughout her life, she had been told she wasn't pretty enough and unfilmable. So imagine her surprise when Walt Disney sought her out backstage one night and asked if she wanted a part in an upcoming movie that was particularly special for him. It would be her first ever role in a film, but she was pregnant at the time, so she declined the role. However, Disney told her that he was fully prepared to wait for her and even hired her husband as the set and costume designer. Disney knew what he was talking about. This star turned out to be worth the wait. Not only was the film the most successful of the year, but she also walked away with a Golden Globe and an Oscar for Best Actress. Audrey Hepburn, who starred as Eliza Doolittle in the screen adaptation of My Fair Lady, was not even nominated. 
Over the years, she starred in many TV shows, Broadway plays, and movies, from Victor Victoria to voicing Gru's mom in Despicable Me, flexing her vocal cords to the delight of young and old across the globe and across the decades. She also began to write, creating beautiful worlds, strong characters, and riveting stories. When her daughter, Emma, began to write, this endless bundle of energy added co-author to the list of accomplishments, writing the Dumpy, the Dump Truck, and Very Fairy Princess series together. Also, in her impressive list of publications are the last of the really great Wang Doodles, Mandy, and the Great American Mousicle, and more. Can you guess who this amazing woman is? You might know her better as Mary Poppins or Forlane Maria. Yes, we are talking about the incomparable Julie Andrews. Did you know that she started on stage so young and has even written books? Julie is now in her 80s, but has not slowed down at all, hosting her very own show called Julie's Green Room on Netflix and voicing a character called Lady Whistledown on the hit show Bridgerton. If one person could do so much over her life, imagine what you could do with yours. This has been a production by the Institute for Arts Integration and STEAM. Teachers, for additional lessons and downloads that correspond to this lesson, please check out more information at artsintegration.com forward slash accelerator.